Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. I, I wish you could swim like the dolphins, like dolphins can swim. Though nothing, nothing will keep us together. We can beat them forever and ever. Oh, we can be heroes just for one day. The Jay and Dan Podcast, the Sergey Barrison episode. Nothing embarrassing about that. That was actually a highlight call I used to do. <laughs> Barrison wore for the Habs in 02. That's embarrassing for the opposing goalie <laughs> or something like that, I'd say. Uh, great tribute by Engineer Jim to David Bowie, who uh, passed. Um, I think we're good. We, sh- we have to kick off the show. With Bowie talk. Yeah, we got to kick it off with Six Degrees of Engineer Jim about Bowie. Because we got a million requests for that. Uh, First, we should uh, point out Jay paid a very uh, great tribute to David Bowie on our show. Uh, on the Monday following David Bowie's Beth, death, where uh, you put uh, the paint on your face. Yeah, the Aladdin Sane lightning bolt. Uh, Aaron, one of our new makeup artists, I just sat down in the chair and I said, Could you do that, uh, Aladdin? I showed her the Aladdin Sane cover. She's like, yeah, I can do that right now. She loved it. Now, I felt bad because you didn't get any face paint that day. No, here's the thing. that That's what makes this a great partnership because you, you go two, it's too much. You go one, it's perfect. But what if maybe next time, like, You can't say, be all crazy, goofy guys all okay, the time. Well, remember we were talking about Sting? Sting, the wrestler on our pilot the mm-hmm. other day? Like, what if Sting died? Then you could do the Sting makeup. Why not, eh? Nah, because I wasn't really into Sting. Is there anyone who wore, any man who wore makeup that you would emulate? <laughs> Brett Michaels from Poison? No. No. I can't really say there is. Okay. All right. We'll try Maybe to... when that day comes. Yeah. When that day comes, I, we want to see Dan in some makeup. It Maybe was a actually... famous clown will pass one day. Oh, that's a good point. Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get to Six Degrees okay. of Engineer Here Jim, All right. our award-winning producer. Uh, he's done uh, countless albums, and we always try to find a connection to him and an artist, and today it's David Bowie. So, Engineer Jim. Yes. You yeah. have a connection to David Bowie. Yes. Perfect. Uh, a couple different connections. Uh, I never got to work with him. I did get to see him in concert in the uh, Sound and Vision uh, tour. That was like 89? Yeah, I think 90, 89, yeah. 90. And uh, I saw him actually at Dodger Stadium. He was wow. phenomenal. Yeah, it was a great show. Was he? Did he do all hits? Or was yeah, he, yeah, it was kind of like the tour of... You know, where he played hits. He doesn't go all Prince and just play the new stuff. No, no, no. He was, that was kind of the beginning of his Tin Machine era. Oh, man. And and, uh, Reeves Gabrell, the guitar player in Tin Machine, I was up for doing a record with him at one point, right around at the end of the Sound Division tour, but... It never panned out. But I do have a connection, obviously, uh, from working with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan played on the Let's Dance album. Didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, he played a lot of the guitar solos on that record. Wow. Yeah. So his influence on music, you would know it better than us, but every musician that speaks about him just praises him, whether they met him, whether they were influenced by him. It was just, he's just one of those unique artists that uh, seem to touch everyone in music. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Would, would you say he's kind of like, uh, almost like a, 
uh, Van Gogh or Da Vinci of our time. Yes. Or, I, I, I think so. Because, I mean, it's not just... It's not just the music. It's it's art. It's you know, sort of uh, you know the films that he's done, his poetry, everything. He's just pushing forward race relations. Yeah, everything, everything. Pat, you're on. Sorry, buddy, I had you probably muted there. Um, yeah, just the guy was phenomenal, and uh, it's interesting. I have another connection, and I, I know I always bring up the guns stuff. But Slash, should. but Slash's mother was his costume designer. Was Bowie's costume yes. designer? Yes. Uh, wow. She worked with him uh, doing his um, wardrobe and stuff uh, during the Thin White Duke period. Wow. When yeah. he was heavily involved in cocaine. Uh, yes. <laughs> in the scoop. Yeah. He was heavy yeah. in the scoop. Or Big the time the snap. In the I, I, I want to say even, and I think Slash has talked about this too, um, they, I think they even, his mom Ola and Bowie even had a little thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. was Bowie, was I think he... she also did Man to Fell to Earth too. I think she did. Did that, that, um, movie? That movie, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. Bowie go... Straight and narrow near the end, and was he like off booze, cigarettes, everything? Well, he, so he was massively into cocaine up until '76. <laughs> he did yeah. this station to station album here in yeah. LA. Yes. He says he doesn't remember recording a, a second it's of it. Unbelievable. Wow. But yeah. it's one of his best albums. Yeah. And I remember reading Slash say that's his favorite Bowie album. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. Uh, one of the studio, I know one of the producers that worked on it owned a studio, but I think it's where they did Station to Station. It's Cherokee. Does uh, that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it does. And one of the partners um, opened up a studio uh, next to record plant called Image, and Chris Lord Algae for years mixed all his stuff out of there, and that's where we recorded GNR's Patience. No way. Yeah. That's where we did uh, GNR Lives. We did all those acoustic songs in that studio. Uh, speaking of GNR, do you have any updates on the on the rhythm guitar drum situation? Uh, just that uh, the fellows are coming to a town near you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Do you think Dan should buy tickets for the first and second weekend of I'll Coachella? I'll be there. Yeah, are you going? Sure, I got nothing else to do. I said that before. <laughs> oh man, Ooh, right? I see things aren't going well in LA for Jay, you. You're going, right? I'm going to the second weekend. You're going be to there. the second weekend. Yeah. Jeez, if you guys are going, it's kind of we're gonna have to get. Oh, a bus. we're gonna have to oh, yeah. shoot a podcast driving up to it. All yeah. right. Oh, my oh God. come on, From that would Coachella. be amazing. <laughs> that would be so great. Our entry on the Canadian Wall of Fame this week is wrestling great Owen Hart. Died tragically in the ring. That's. Uh, <sighs> Man, that was a that was a tough one. Yeah, he was he suspended. Was a, he fell. No, he fell off a scaffolding. Yeah, was that what yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah. No, I think was he was going to come down from the. Uh, wasn't he from suspended the right. from the air, and then he was going to yeah. come down in, and then it. Ugh. He like yeah. wasn't latched okay. in. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about something. All someone right, who didn't die from, from Calgary. All right, it's two deaths yes. now. Like all the uh, heartbreak. Bill Burr was on our set this week, mm -hmm. and uh, we're very big fans of his. And um, we always get the the guests that come and call in Cowherd Show. Colin's been on our show here. It's called the Herd to say something into the camera where they say Jay and Dan, you blew it. So they were asking uh, Bill to do that for us, and here's how we were described by our our coworkers. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Now, by coworkers who mean Dave Cohello, <laughs> yeah. who has been in in here before, and some of you might recognize. So, Dave is a talent booker here at Fox, and specifically, he books. He's booked uh, guests for us before, like Lisa Correct. Ann. He yep. booked, um, but he mostly books guests for the herd. And he had he had booked Bill that day. So, this is Dave describing Dan and I to Bill Burr. One of these days. <laughs> Oh, oh, there's. <laughs> I got it. There's one of these days. <sighs> Who is he? Jay and Dan, the tall, goofy guy, and then the little old guy. <laughs> <laughs> they do the highlight show, the Sports Center show for us. The Sports oh, oh, Center that show. Super tall guy who looks like a gumshoe from the 1940s. 
That guy, yeah, yeah, okay. So exactly. they're just gonna have you look in the camera and say, Jay and Dan, you blew it. If you wanna yeah, add Jane it. and Dan? Jay, Jane and Dan. Okay, I thought it was one word. I thought it was one word. Uh, so many things to talk about here. <laughs> so I'm assuming that Dave Cohello describes us that way to everyone who's ever come in and done that for us. Yeah. The tall, goofy, goofy guy, guy, which is pretty accurate. And the little old guy. And the little old guy. <laughs> I think he means that in a nice way. <laughs> How can you mean that in a nice way? Can we way? get that on a poster? That that should be the slogan. That's, yeah, that's, that's the show slogan. That's a t-shirt right there. Fox Sports Live. The tall, goofy guy and the little old guy. I got to talk to when Burr recorded with Schrager. Yes, he's um, on the Peter Schrager podcast. Yes, week. that's right. We should point that out. We were going to get Schrager on... Um, uh, but he couldn't do it today. But yeah, he's on the Peter Schrager podcast this week. Definitely check that out. Uh, I got to talk to Burr a little bit, and we because he was like, "Why are all these Canadians?" And I explained, "This is where you guys do your podcast," and that's when we started talking about. It. And I was like, "Yeah, we actually played back the bit that you did on, or not the bit, but the conversation that he had about you guys." He's like, "Oh, like were they mad?" He's like, "He's like I didn't think they would actually hear that." And I was like, "No, no, no, they loved it." He's like, "I don't know." He's like, "I was kind of mean." I was like, "No, no, no, they love that stuff." So he was huh. pretty excited that you guys. That's great. Had heard it. I said to Dave, I said, Dave, we would have liked to have had Bill on on our podcast. And he said, yeah, it was a last minute thing. By the way, we're taping this on a Friday. I believe this is the first ever Friday Jay and Dan podcast. Is it? Probably. Yeah. So we're already 12 beers deep. Just, just, just highlights, will you? Just crushing <laughs> beers. We uh, should be. We should have been crushing beers at lunch today. By the way, uh, we'll get to lunch in a second. Uh, Sean Merriman is our guest today, the San Diego Chargers legend and former Buffalo Bill that we now work with. He's one of our NFL analysts. Uh, we went to lunch today with uh, Canadian <laughs> broadcast royalty. <laughs> yes, Chris Cuthbert. Oh, boy. Chris Cuthbert. Was in town. Called the golden goal. I was explaining to my daughter on the way here. I'm like, yeah, I had lunch with this guy. Like, She's like, what? Golden goal? Crosby? What? Does your, does your daughter speak like an old-timey English Shakespearean actor now? Yes. Uh, and uh, Sammy the Bull, who uh, produces Chris. Yeah, yeah. Terrific who, uh, young producer. produced my first ever um, Sports Center update at TSN. I was garbage. We, we made fun of the fact that our producers used to write notes to each other, you know, talking about how the shows went or the updates went. We... We just said that after your first update, he just must have sent a, a note to all the producers that had said two words, bad hire. This is my first time here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they were calling uh, Sens regional games. They have a terrific uh, schedule. They they had a game on Tuesday, the uh, Ducks and Sens. And then they had, so what, Wednesday, Thursday, tonight. And then so they have three days off, just, just hanging out in L.A., Hookers, blow, uh, <laughs> can't say that stuff. Tinder, a grinder, <laughs> you name it, they're on all of that. <laughs> and then tomorrow they got the Kings and Sands, and they're off to uh, San Fran before a little uh, Sands and Sharks action. And uh, I asked Cuthbert, I'm like, have you watched that game yet? He still has not watched the, the game. The Golden Goal game. The Golden Goal game. He still has not watched the most famous call, one of the <clears throat> most famous hockey calls in Canadian hockey history. But what do you expect him to just queue it up all the time at his house? But at like, least watch it once. He's never watched it. Yeah, well, hey, it's in the past. Yeah, but he's part it's of... It's over. He's part of Canadian hockey history. Yeah, he knows it. He I, watch need it to... I watch it once a month. Once a month? <laughs> at least. Really? I YouTube it up. Yeah. Iggy! Oh, okay. Yeah, the Iggy call is great. Oh, God. I do like the Iggy call. By the way, I see Rachel McAdams here right next to me. Congratulations, Oscar nominee. For, uh, what the hell is that movie? What the Boston Catholic Priests? Spotlight. Spotlight! Yeah. Now That's she's, it. She's white. Of course she got nominated. Oh! oh wow. Oh. Champion Sorry. for race relations, Dan O'Toole. <laughs> Chris Rock is going to have a field day with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. That's In terms of material, that's the best thing. That <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, we, we got this. You don't yeah. have to write anything. I'll just go for 20 minutes <laughs> off the top. Everyone will be extremely uncomfortable, and then we'll start handing out awards. I love it. Um, yeah, no, it was great seeing Cuthbert and catching up with that guy, man. What a gentleman, just a, ter and he looks like a million bucks. He always has. Yeah, he's, uh, that was just great seeing him hanging out. 
on Abbott Kinney, where Dan spends all his time now hanging with the hipsters. Speaking of play-by-play, we haven't revisited this yet. Uh, it's the Fort McMurray Bantam Hockey Championship from the year 2000, in which I was an up-and-coming play-by-play man, ready to fill the shoes left behind by Chris Cuthbert. I don't know why he'd leave his shoes behind and why I would wear them, but I was ready to fill those shoes. Uh, this is sent to us from Ben Fisher. Okay, let's... let's... I'm on the call. Uh, Guy Boudelier is in the booth with me. And this one's going to be cleared out. Snacks at center. Snacks. Nice. Snacks is back. Brendan Amyot. And Amyot sends it in. And that's offside. And it looks like we're going to get a penalty coming up here. So the oh, first penalty. of the game, pretty early on, Brick getting a hooking call. So... That'll give the snacks a power play opportunity <laughs> sitting in the box. I remember Fort McMurray wholesale snacks. 16, Mike Harris. Mike Harris playing Mike in this Harris. game. Uh, <laughs> do, do we have a premiere here today? <laughs> well, it comes from uh, the woods, but uh, timely political <laughs> joke by Dan there. No, that was Doug Faulkner. <laughs> politics, and that's what we like about this afternoon. That's why we're here, you and I. We're relaxing today, enjoying this game. Mike Harris being penalized for his actions on the ice. What? Stop it. Stop it. People what is going on in there? <laughs> this is like, if we had known about this video, then Fox would never have implemented the three-man booth at the World <laughs> Series. Okay, now you can start it again. He's in the box for two oh. minutes. Don't oh. agree with oh. Mike Harris's uh, play on the ice, so that's why he's penalized. I'm not drawing a, a correlation between Mike Harris, the politician, Good and the Mike Harris on the Snacks, Well, Weaver in net for the snacks. We should mention Eddie Bruce isn't playing in this game for McMurray Wholesale Snacks. He got hurt during the uh, the tournament. That's sad to see, but we heard it's not that serious of an injury. So. And we wish Eddie, of course, a speedy recovery to get him back into the lineup here. This is a horrible game. Could someone make a pass? Okay. <laughs> How is this televised? Like what? what? It was. It was cable. It was the cable saver? Shaw cable. Garbage. Like it's not even good enough for cable. Community cable. They needed to film programming. Oh man. <laughs> They're really chasing after that puck. (laughs) (laughs) Again, they're all just chasing it. I know. That's the best thing. Little kids play hockey. They all go. We need to see one completed pass, and then we can move on. Oh, well, we could be here for another 20 (laughs) minutes. It'd be longer than Chris Rock's monologue will be. Any day. Here we go. There it was. There was a pass. It doesn't really look like it right here. They're having a tough time getting that puck outside of their own zone. Over center ice comes Jamie McDonald. McDonald flips oh, back great. Puck I, my favorite part. Okay, stop it. My favorite part about this whole thing is how seriously Dan is taking it, as he calls it. Like, he's like, this is my chance. I'm going to get an opportunity to be called up to the big leagues. And I just need to make sure that this demo is perfect. Here are the snacks now coming through the neutral zone. By the way, the snacks have two players on their bench. There's two. <laughs> They're all exhausted. They're all exhausted. Okay, let's. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, let's bring in our guest. He is lights out. Sean Merriman, yes! What's up, fellas? Yes! <laughs> All right, How he's looking so good. How you doing, Brad? Bringing him. All right. Let me go. Sean Merriman is here. NFL welcome analyst. In, welcome to the uh, the podcast. Thank room. you. We Former always charger, ask, We usually just Bill. see you in the avocado room. We're on set now. We're in a whole new environment. I mean, I get a chance to spend all day with you guys. I don't yeah. know what else I'm gonna do with yeah. my life. Do you, this is probably <laughs> too much, right? This is a little too much for you. No, no, it's good. No, it's good. I mean, no, nothing's <laughs> nothing's really great. too much for me. I can handle it all. I'm um, pretty good. How you liking the TV thing? Yeah, how do you like it, Sean? You know what? It's, it's, it's great. And the reason why I say that was because I wasn't that great early on. I no, wasn't that good. You no, you no. know, I was. I'm you kidding. Know, I I'm kidding. No, I'm no, kidding. No, no, I mean, not now. Like early on in my career, it's like uh, you get better with repetition, right? And that's with sports, that's anything you do. And you start to do little things better over time the more time you spend working on it. And when you play football, being on TV is not necessarily your primary thing. So you don't get a chance to work on it. So mm-hmm. now. I can learn a lot from professionals. Yeah. Like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you watch what we do and do the, the opposite. People laughing you do and the laughing opposite. right now. They would never laugh at you, Jay. Uh, uh, oh, that's true. They do. But, but you are so much more comfortable on TV now. Yeah, you do. You seem, but like you said, repetition, like for, I was wondering, like for athletes, I always tell people, we don't 
coach the athletes enough. Like, we just kind of expect you to come in and just be great instantly. And that's, like, a lot to ask of someone, I think. Well, you, you know what it is? We have information because, we, you know, we play the game. But it's getting out the information, saying the correct information, having the right amount of time to say the information, um, and, you know, fit in with, with your yeah, you, other host. That's, yeah, that's you have to you. fit it in a certain amount of time. You have yeah. to fit it in a certain amount of time. So that's that's really the biggest issue. It's like you have all this information. If someone gave me a play to break down right now, I can tell you at every position what they should be doing and what should happen, but you have to do it in 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. And it's just not enough time. So you have to break it down in that amount of time you have within that span. Now, we have you on in a pretty timely fashion because uh, your former team, the team that you're most well-known for playing for, the San Diego Chargers, are in jeopardy of moving to Los Angeles. Just love to get your thoughts on everything that's happened so far uh, in the past week. Are, are you surprised? Are you devastated? Do you think this is actually the right move for the team to come here? Yeah, I think it's the right move for the, for the Rams. Um, I do feel like L.A. should have a team. It's, it's way too many people here that love the game of football that – even if, the, even if the Rams is not your team, you'll still go to have that experience on Sunday. Exactly. You'll get up and you'll make it a whole trip, whether it's your friend, family, whatever. You'll go to the game to have fun. So L.A. needed a team. Just not the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> it doesn't feel right yeah. somehow. Yeah. Like the Rams, I get it. St. Louis is a great sports town, but they used to be here. The Rams used to be here. The Chargers have been in San Diego for, since, what, early 60s? Like, yeah. It just doesn't seem right. And, and then you still have loyal fans there to come out and support the team. Right. And, you know, they've been having a rough last couple of years, but especially when I was there and a little bit before I got there, they you know, we had some good teams there. Yeah. Um, and to get up and move, when most of the people to me, and I have a lot of friends here in L.A., they, dr- they have season tickets to, to the games in San Diego, and they drive down. It's only two hours. It's only two yeah. hours, yeah. and it's really, including two preseason games, it's only 10 games a year that you really drive down. And most of the people that I talk to, they have no issues driving down because they they, they make football a whole day. Sure. You know, they, they, they leave bright and early in the morning. They set up the tailgate, and they bring their friends, family, or whatever, and, and they have a great day of football. And I've never heard any issues of them driving down so to move the team up here i I just don't i don't understand that you have a strong connection because when you joined that team you for the first few years that you own that town yes i I still have uh (laughs) (laughs) like like, because it seems like from the outside perspective especially us from canada where where it's pretty cold um playing professional football in san diego seems like I won the lottery, man. That's like yeah. wicked. It, it is. And, you know, me coming from the East Coast, I've never even been to the West Coast ever in my life. Right. Um, and I'll never forget what happened through my draft uh, driving process. First of all, I was supposed to go to the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. I went down to visit them, and I sat down uh, with Jerry Jones and <laughs> wow. Parcells, and they were like, hey, if you're here by the 11 pick, we're going to pick you. So I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm, you know, if I slip to the 11 pick, which I did, I'm going to the Dallas Cowboys. And anyway, I didn't go. Um <laughs> So, you know, I ended up going uh, – San Diego had the very next pick, the, the number 12 pick overall. And A.J. Smith, who was a general manager at the time in San Diego, had told me the same thing. He said, if you slip to 12, we're going to draft you. Right. And I'm thinking in my head that uh, that's a nice – That's back Jim. There. That's a, Jim I mean, is that's just saying, okay. You know, damn Patriots <laughs> fan. He has on that Patriots shirt. You have a bunch of sneezes. <laughs> Sorry Patriots, about that, Sean, man. bunch of sneezes. <laughs> I was wondering. Tom Brady slamming the back of his helmet on the grass. I was just letting the air out of my seat. I'm sure that was your seat you was letting the air out of. I'm sure that was your seat. So so sorry. So AJ says he's going to take you at 12. So AJ Smith tells me he said he's going to take me at 12. And he did. They did. And I took my visit out to San Diego. And when I came out, I'll never forget the first time being in San Diego when I was taking the visit before the draft. And I was coming in and I seen palm trees and I seen the water. And I was like, oh, my God, if I can play here. Right. right. So I'm, I'm, there's no way in hell that, you know, that I was going back to San Diego. But I happened to be a part of that trade with Eli Manning the, the previous year. Didn't want to come to San Diego, and he went to the Giants. Giants yeah. And so, in return, we got myself that moved up in the 12th pick, Luis, uh, Luis Castillo, the D-tackle that year. Uh, and they got Phillip. And Phil. Out of that whole, and and, and uh, Nate Kading. Right, right, right. They got you know Nate Kading part of the whole deal. So, Jeez. I, 
Good just trade. I just thought there was no way in hell I was coming to San Diego. And when they called my name, Marty Schottenheimer called me in the draft, and I, I didn't even hear Marty what he was what he, what he was saying. I was just thinking in my head, palm trees and ocean. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you hearing the waves and stuff <laughs> yeah, in your like, mind. Man, I'm I'm coming like out to the water machine. Right? So they, you mentioned Philip Rivers. Yeah, yeah, we have to talk about this guy. He's got now what six kids. Uh, I, at I, least. I, I think he's working on 17. I think he just <laughs> jumped. You know, Philip finds a way to jump over. Because last time I checked, like some years ago, it was like he had three. Right. Yeah. Right. And then it just jumped to six. I, I didn't I didn't know how he made that jump, but he has some <laughs> special powers that he can just yeah. make that jump. Semen. Potent wow. semen. Yeah, absolutely. The Philip so tell story. us, what's he like as a guy? He's, uh, he's a very interesting cat. He, he wears is. bolo ties and such. He is. He's great, man. He's great to be around. Um, and he's very misunderstood from people that's not in the locker room. Right. And I think that most people are just not used to seeing a quarterback talk back at any standpoint. You know, he if you hit him or if you get a sack on him, he'll he'll tap you in your head and say, hey, good hit. You know, (laughs) you know, try harder or get, you know, way to get back here or something. And you see it on camera and his head is just like in the bobbing motion. It looked like he's saying you mother, Mm, you suck, you know, saying something negative. And he's not at all. You know, I never forget we uh, were we're playing the Indianapolis Colts there in the playoffs, and these fans were behind our bench, the Colts fans were behind our bench, just heckling Phillip and us all day. I mean, it was it was the worst I've ever had. They, they didn't stop for 60 minutes of that game. They should have been playing because they had more endurance than anybody on the field. <laughs> they didn't stop the entire game, and we ended up winning that game. And off, and they were offering beers to us the whole game. Hey, you guys are loose. Just have a beer, relax, chill out. <laughs> so at the end of the game, you know, we won the game, and Philip goes over there and say, "Hey, how about that beer?" Right? And they caught that on on the uh, on TV, and it looked like that Philip was over there mother effing the fans. But he was just playing along. But he right. was just playing along because these guys were asking us for, to, to offering us beers the whole right. entire game. So after the game, he came up and said, "How about that beer?" Um, and, and just that's what type of guy he is. He's, he, he, he knows how to fit in without trying to fit in. You know, we've been meeting sometime. You'll hear him. He can recite one line to every rap song. Right? <laughs> just one that's, line. Just one line. <laughs> enough, you know, enough to make us laugh. Right? We're sitting yeah. in meetings, and whatever the hottest rap song is at that time, we're watching meetings. We'll hear, hear Philip walking down the hall when he's rapping, <laughs> and then our meetings are just destroyed. We're done. Because <laughs> he, you know, he just messed it up for us. Yeah. I think you know he did that Thursday night game last year. Everyone kind of talks about this. He got on the desk with Rich Eisen and those guys, and he was so funny and gregarious. It went from Philip Rivers seems like a weird guy to I think Philip Rivers will be a really good TV guy. Like he could be an analyst or something. Like yeah, that. he'll be a, he'll be a great analyst. I think he'll be even a better coach. Wow, um, because he's so fiery. He knows the game like the back of his hands. Uh, he's emotional. He knows how to get to players. Uh, you know, so we've had some rough times down there in San Diego, and he'll be the one to gather us in the team meeting room. And when he talks, you listen. You're you're in you're you're in it with him. Uh, he does a great job of connecting with the guys. You, um, we have to touch upon your time in Buffalo because a lot of our uh, listeners to the podcast are Canadian, so there's a lot of Bills fans yep. there. And we've spoke about this off air. You absolutely loved your time in Buffalo. I did, I did, and. Honestly, when I went there, I was scratching and screaming and crying and, and everything else. I, I didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, and Buddy Nix, who really drafted me in San Diego, was a general manager in Buffalo. Uh, and he said, look, you know, I, I got claimed off of waivers. I got released in, by uh, the Chargers and got claimed off of waivers. And Buddy Nix said, uh, you know, Sean, uh, I've seen you play before and I know you got heart. I, I know you like the back of my hand. We're going we're gonna to take you. We're going to get you. I said, Buddy, listen, you guys are 0-7. You got no chance going to the playoffs. <laughs> it is freezing out there right now. I said, just don't claim my contract. Let me go swells and have a chance to play in the playoffs or whatever. Ah, I don't know. You can come in, change the locker room, and you can do a bunch of things for us and come on, come on in. I said, Buddy, I you know, I, I don't I can't I can't come. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna get it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I told him I, I'm not coming. And I got off the phone. They called back like the third time and said, "Well, Sean, I, I'm afraid to tell you that if you don't come every day, it's fifteen thousand." I said, "Buddy, what time you got sending that plane?" <laughs> <laughs> and the, the best thing you said about Buffalo uh, to me was, "If you're a practice roster player, you are a superstar there." Oh, that's it. I mean, it's. We call it, you know, the Bills Mafia, the Bills oh, backers. You, you when you when you're there in Buffalo, there's nothing else. Yeah. And I've never been ever in my life have played a football game and feel like 
that I was actually playing for the people that was there. The town was shut down. It, the uh, the atmosphere is crazy. It's like some movie yeah. that mm-hmm. everything around is shut down, and all it's about is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and when you're born, you put on out of straight out the womb. I mean, you put on a Buffalo Bills hat, <laughs> and you true. better not wear anything else. You it's know, true. It, it, at zero seven, when I went there, and I, this one I knew that I was in Buffalo and nowhere else. 0-7, when I got there, um, I think it was in 2010, end of 2010, or middle of 2010, and they had no chance going to the playoff. They Their season was practically over, and I got there, and the stadiums were still full with people out there in 15-degree weather with no shirts on. <laughs> like that, yeah. I mean, they, like they were just pushing for the playoffs. They still had a wild card available, but they didn't. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's when I knew I was in Buffalo, the best fans in, in, in football. And then the inevitable question we ask anyone who ever played for the Buffalo Bills, how much time did you spend at the world-famous Sundowner strip club on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls? You know, probably a, more than a couple. <laughs> um, it, I, I, heard, I thought it was a restaurant. At first. It sounded, you know, only, it after the fifth, only after the fifth visit the did fifth you discover. Dance, you're like, yeah. something's different about this day. You know, that guy's special. We're going to get him a steak. We don't serve steak here, but you know, because he's here so much, we're going to get him a filet. And then you must have spent time up in Toronto as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I lived downtown when I was in Buffalo, so my, my off days when we had free time, I definitely tried to get up to T.O. as much as possible. I had friends there, and, um, you know, it's a good view. It's good, a lot of good views, Dan. It's a good, it's, good viewership. It's a melting pot of every culture. Yeah. That's the great thing about yeah, Toronto. Yeah, it was great for me. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Uh, can we briefly, before we get into rapid fire, get – for this weekend, we got uh, divisional weekend coming up. Uh, you got so Seattle, Carolina, Seattle traveling to Carolina. Uh, who do you like in that one? Uh, and and a little warmer weather for Seattle to play in. Yeah, than... I, I still like Carolina. Yeah. Um, S- Seattle, they, they won't get away with that type of score that happened last game. That's just not gonna. You won't you won't win the game ten nine. It's just not gonna happen against Carolina. Uh, but the Seahawks' strengths are that legion of boom and their defense and their ability to get to the quarterback. Unfortunately, Carolina is one of the most complete teams in football, so they don't have one thing that they do really well. So even if the the, the DBs, the legion of boom back there, stop one of Carolina's wide receivers, they're mm-hmm. going to run the ball, and they can run the ball well. If they stop the run, then Cam Newton is going to use his legs. So this is going to be a matchup problem. It's not about anything else, who's the better team. I think it's going to be a matchup problem that whatever Seattle does really well, they still won't be able to stop Carolina at the end of the day. Before we get to rapid fire, my rapid fire question, uh, you played a very violent position. Yeah. Um, injuries that uh, the game left you with? Uh, got a, <laughs> got oh, a, yeah. yeah. A nice That's thing. messed you up. That? Oh, my God. You see that one? That's um, really messed you up. You know the good thing about having a broken ring finger? Seriously. Is, <laughs> you never have to worry about getting married. You don't have to worry about putting one on. That's I mean, my, my, my excuse is. I have to get a shot of that. Oh, my God. That's the biggest injury? That's like, amazing. You don't have, like, <laughs> knee problems? No, or you know, I had I had surgery to my shoulders. I had the, the left knee, and I had right Achilles. But I, I really believe that if you take care of your body on a consistent basis, uh, you push a lot of that stuff off. Now, you, Father Time gets everyone. I don't care who you are, but you can prolong a lot if you take care of your body, and I do an extremely yeah, you good st- job at that. You still hit the gym and everything. Yeah. So you can uh, follow. What's your Instagram? People should Sh- follow you on Instagram. Sh- Sean Merriman. Oh, speaking of yeah. it, it, Oh, my God. Which, which one of my show? Which one of my uh <laughs> Instagram polls are going to be on the show. I, I no, no. So, so very briefly, it, because a lot of uh, the listeners can't see our, our show, and Sean's on the show all the time now, and uh, we have discovered Sean's Instagram, and I have to tell you, uh, it's changed my life. It's changed my, <laughs> my whole life. It's, it's magical. It's so entertaining, and uh, we've now made it a regular segment on the TV show, and I know Sean's thrilled about that. <laughs> yeah. So you got to follow Sean, uh, and you got the Lights Out brand as well. You're doing the clothing and everything like that. Hey, yeah, I'm actually just uh, I'm shooting in the cut. It's a TV series, a comedy series on the bounce. I was rehearsing earlier, and I shoot next week, and along with some other movies and shows coming up. So, so wow. you're acting. You might get into MMA. I love that. We asked you that on like I kind of half jokingly asked you on the show, like, would you ever get into MMA? And you're like, yeah, I've been asked actually. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what? what? Okay, what are you talking about? That's scary. That's frightening. It's, it's not really scary because the thing is, I, I've been training with a lot of MMA guys for a long time. Now, training and getting in the ring with them is completely different. I know. I True. get that because they, they've had me in some holds before, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear a pop. 
you know, I want to stay away from the popping yeah. thing. So when you feel like you could pop something, you let me go. You know, we're just training. And this is this if is you get into an actual fight, I think you should say that to your opponent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, listen, I know you want to kick my ass, but just yes. back off if you hear a yeah. pop. Don't want to hear a pop. Yeah. Um, Let's okay. get to this a, is the rapid fire. Right. Rapid fire. So these are questions uh, sent to us from our, our Twitter followers. All right. For All you. right. First up's from Mohit. How did you like playing in Toronto during the Bills <clears throat> Toronto series? Honestly, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't yeah. like it. But um, wait, you're not offending dead. us in any way. I thought it was terrible. No, no, I'm not a fan of it. It's more different kind of fans in Toronto than there is Buffalo fans. You have fans from all over. I didn't like the atmosphere. I didn't like the energy in the crowd. There was the biggest no problem atmosphere. Because everyone's no atmosphere. sober because you can't yeah. tailgate in Canada. Yeah, that's a huge problem. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Like, you can't tailgate. And you had, yes, there are a ton of Bills fans in Toronto, but there are also fans of other teams. There was just no, it probably didn't feel like you guys were the home team. Even. It didn't, and, and the score wasn't a home score. and We got blown <laughs> out by Seattle, like 53-3 to three or something right, like that. Right. I, mean, I, I felt like everyone was rooting for them by the end of the game was over. They had a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans. Hmm. Uh, next one is from Brian Nolan, favorite city to play in. Hmm. Ooh, that's, that's a good, good question. I like that one. Uh, hmm. That's a good one. I, I always like going to play the Giants. You know, I always like playing. Kind of like going home, right? Yeah, it's like going yeah. home. I, my family gets a chance to come up there from from Maryland. Um, I have a ton of friends in in New York, um, so I get a chance to go back and talk trash to them if we if we beat them beat them and just kind of being in, in in the atmosphere in New York. You know, we get a, you know, we fly in on Friday, so we have some time to off before curfew, so we always get a chance to go to the city and I go shop and do my thing. So I, I like I like playing in New York. If you're playing in a game close to your hometown, do you put money on the board for, for anyone that is a big gamer like that? Or uh, No, not really. You normally buy a lot of tickets. That That's my number one. And I didn't want to go back and play the Redskins anymore. I was <laughs> I was done. I, I bought 93 tickets one year. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, and after that, I broke even playing that year. And um, I had to get a job <laughs> after the season. And uh, it wasn't fun. So I didn't want to play the Redskins anymore. <laughs> Uh, next one's from Kyle Boost. Which stadium has the best toilets? Best toilets. I guess in the locker room, yeah. 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 Oh, hmm. I get, like, what was the best stadium? Oh, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas the for new sure. stadium. So, yeah. You know, if, the funny thing about Dallas, and everything was, was the best. You know, when you walk in, and it's <laughs> like walking through a movie set, right? Yeah. You're like any given Sunday when you're walking through the uh, restaurant and you come out and smoke everywhere. And uh, it, it was also the first game that they had. The big jumbo, uh, the jumbotron on, and with the 3D glasses. It was the first game they used the 3D glasses, oh. so um, I-, I wanted to use the glasses like the fans did during the game. <laughs> uh, so you know what I did was on the sideline, we changed series, and the offense was there. I I had someone that worked for the team to go over and get the 3D glasses. <laughs> he wanted to see it. And I wanted to see. Um, and just so happened, it's chilly that they were showing, like, her breasts, right? I mean, I, it, I, didn't just, t- so it, I just timed this. It wasn't It Classic wasn't time. It wasn't and they caught you on camera. <laughs> and, and they didn't catch me on camera, but I got caught by some coaches. And I told them to hold on until she got off the screen because it's – you know, don't interrupt me and what I'm doing. I know you got a game plan you want to put in, but you know they got these glasses for a reason, and it wasn't just for the fans. You're already in trouble. You might as well. Might as well, absolutely. Yeah. The opposite end. What was the worst stadium? Where oh, you're yeah. like, oh my god, that locker room is horrible. Uh, San Diego. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But, you know, at, home, yeah. at home, uh, our our home team locker room was bad. I did when I went. I didn't go and see the visitors team locker room until just about a couple years ago because I never had a reason to go into yeah. the visitors locker room. And I went in there and it was like you know equal compared to a boys and girls club. Wow, um, visitors locker room. Oh, you know, it was just it was very bad. So you know we definitely need a stadium down there in San Diego. That's like uh, Henry Burris. I think I've told the story before. He's said uh, had a great season this year in the CFL. He's played forever. And when he played for the uh, Tie Cats. He said he was always the last to shower because he had to give the most interviews because he's the quarterback, and he had to go into the shower, and at the end of it, the water wouldn't leak out, so it was up to your knees. <laughs> it was up to your knees after so had everyone a, had, had showered. Bath. He had a bath. After yeah, everyone a, yeah. had showered, and I just remember that. I'm like, that must have been foul. Yeah. Canadian Football League. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a new stadium now, though. Yeah. A couple more here. Uh, this is from our friend Roger Moist, Twitter handle Phil Matwat. Uh, what? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Roger yeah, Moist, Moist. 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 Moist, and it's film a twat. Yeah. Uh, film twat Moist sneeze. <laughs> we got the, That's <laughs> the right. sneeze Moist twat. Yeah. Uh, teammate who ripped the dirtiest farts. Oh wow! 
uh, I would say, you know, we had the, the Stephen Cooper was the craziest one. Like, he'll walk by a rookie and just, like, full-on turn his ass towards him and just let one rip. Like, he didn't, he didn't care. Uh, but by the time it comes out, you try to disappear before it does. Yeah. So, you you know, I don't stay around and smell. But I'm guessing it was bad if you intentionally fart in front of someone's face. It has to be bad because your, your intent was for him to smell it immediately. On yeah. field, it's a great tactic. Yeah. 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 Did anyone try that tactic on you on field? But then you're kind of facing the other way, so it doesn't really work. <laughs> That's when you got to lift the grass up and see <laughs> see which way the wind is blowing. Yeah, because exactly. If the wind is blowing that way, you got to make sure you turn and position your That's body right. a certain way. Save it. All right, Ryan O'Connor. <laughs> oh, Dan's I think Dan dying. is dying. Old man, I, 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 didn't, I didn't fart. I promise you, I didn't. No, you did. <laughs> Uh, Ryan O'Connor wants to know, did you really send a Lights Out t-shirt and a box of popcorn to Jason Taylor? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yes. Uh, I did. Um, <laughs> it was it was actually funny. You know, um, so Champ, Champ Bailey, and uh, Jason Taylor and myself, we were up for Defensive Player of the Year, and that was the same year I got suspended. And it was like, okay, well, you know, if I don't win it, if somebody said, oh, well, you know, cheaters, he shouldn't win. I, if I won or not, I didn't care. It wasn't a big deal. But, you know, Jason Taylor went on, like, a political rant, like – promoting himself right so it just so happens we were going to the playoffs and he was going home so i sent him some popcorn and a lights out shirt and say he can eat this and wear this while he's watching our game <laughs> uh and it was hilarious because it went directly <laughs> to him and i when i heard that he got it I, it made it even more funnier um did you ever have you ever spoken to him since or yeah to, yeah yeah we we uh we talked actually um at the pro bowl oh yeah that yeah, yeah. We, we talked about everything and you know, he won. <laughs> yeah, what else can you say? You know, right? uh, yeah. yeah, he won. A little polit- you know, I, d- I didn't have my political game yeah. intact. Right. Not that, at that time. Not at that time. I was too young. Uh, but now you're actually, speaking of Champ, now you're working with Champ yeah. uh, on our show. Yeah, Champ, is- Champ hated a little bit at that time. Too. I think everybody, was, <laughs> it was like every man for himself. And right. I knew Champ. Me and Champ were really good friends. But it was like one of those jabs just to make sure I was in third place if I, if I did lose. Right. Um. But anyway, yeah, Jason Taylor and Chant Bailey would even be mentioned up there with them for Defensive Player of the Year. I was happy. I was only 21 years old. Your suit game on the show is on point, but Champ's Champ's uh, suit game is pretty. Oh high. man, you know Champ. Champ is a uh, Champ old school. You know he uh, he makes sure he stays suited and booted yeah. at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, we thank you for coming yeah, on the this podcast. Is awesome. This has been awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, um, now this is the awkward part. You have to leave. Yeah, let me okay. let me go. Okay, there it is. Right. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you uh, out on the TVs. Sean Merriman, everybody. What a guy. Make sure you follow him on Twitter and Instagram, both at Sean Merriman. Uh, remember the spelling of Sean. It's S-H-A-W-N-E Merriman. Yeah, I can't stress enough that if you're going to pick one to follow him on, it should be Instagram. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, flexing, a lot of gym stuff. A lot, lot of gym stuff. A lot of beautiful women uh, on there he likes to post. And then, of course, he likes to uh, just post pictures of himself uh, looking into the mirror. It's, it's a wild ride, as you said. <laughs> hey, who's that good-looking guy? Um, <laughs> and we're going to dial up uh, Jeremy Taggart. Um should we should we tell people who Peter Schreger rode on a plane beside for an entire flight or let him divulge? Yeah, let's wait for oh, next it, week. That's a cliffhanger if I've ever heard do we, one. So what time is it? 520. We're dialing them now. We don't we have to do uh, this. Or could we do Guy Lafleur? Yeah. Could we do it's that? Yeah, this Guy Lafleur's been waiting Get, here. I can't oh, wait you, to hear this. This has been waiting for a long time. Okay. Guy Lafleur. We can, uh, Jeremy can come in after. The flower. He can well, to. he'll love it. Yeah. Let's, let's fire this up. So this is... Guy Lafleur disco song. It's called Scoring. All right, let's check it out. It's five minutes long. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Here. Once you have mastered a good shot, you must learn when to use it. (laughs) It's important when you practice your shots to always shoot towards the target. It's important Control when you of practice. Any shot comes from a close or open blade. To keep the shot low, close the blade. And to shoot it high, all you have to do is open the blade. Remember that backhand shots are more difficult because of the curved stick. I love this. 
This is painful. This is going to be on repeat in my car for the next two months. When attacking a goaltender, never carry the puck in front of you because he knows you cannot shoot from that position. <laughs> this is amazing. When does he talk about smoking cigarettes in between periods? Don't tell him what you're going to do. Don't give him the additional advantage. Scoring goal is tough enough without giving the goalie the edge. Carry the puck beside you. Wait a second. Now you have he, scoring goals then were not difficult when he played. Decrease, shoot. Wow, what are you saying? <laughs> you can stop Deep. it, Mike. You can stop it, Mike. That's from our friend Zach, by the way. Jeremy uh, Taggart is... Uh, Joining us on the no, we got oh no, no we don't know Jeremy. Sorry okay, let's just discuss this very quickly. Okay, your your theory about uh, the the '60s and the '70s in the NHL is that you could just shoot the puck along the surface of the ice and you would score every time <laughs> <laughs> because no one would do the butterfly A lot of times, position. If you go back and look at Bobby Orr goals, Wayne Gretzky goals, they look ashamed that would it, that it went in. They're like, ah, oh, I guess that's my seventh goal this game. I guess I'll take it. I, yeah, it didn't feel that way growing up. Like watching the oh, yeah. Oilers in the '80s, it didn't feel like, oh, well, the, this is so easy for them. All they have to do is shoot the puck along the ice. Don Edwards, former Sabres goalie, how he ever stopped a single puck what, with his, his big Shofa cage? He, he just everything he did, not a single goalie does these days. It's 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 mesmerizing going back to watch. <laughs> I love big dome, eh? Big. <laughs> That by that Gilfleur, like so. I wonder if that was from an instructional video, and then yeah. they added the man. It's great. Just now we've got Jeremy Taggart on the phone. Nothing like a Gilfleur chat. Oh, that's right up your alley, Taggart. That. Oh, no, uh, chat, chat about Gilfleur, the flower. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm darts on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. Just but, smoking <laughs> cigarettes during a professional game. So we've we've talked to guys like we we work with athletes here obviously and we've talked to like Eric Carroll in the heyday when he was with the Dodgers like how he ruled the sound. Imagine Guy Lafleur in his heyday in Montreal. Oh, so he much. He walks into a church, people are like ah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Catholic Church, <laughs> bunch of French Canadians, <laughs> just like oh, gee, ici, ici, ma <laughs> ici, ma <laughs> You guys are crazy tonight. But yeah, he wasn't that popular. Mintanagi, <laughs> mintanag. <laughs> oh man. Uh, even the nuns, eh? <laughs> even the nuns were <laughs> dropping trowel for That ye. wouldn't have been against the Catholic religion, then. You're like, Gila Fleur, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know I made a vow of celibacy, <laughs> but it's Gila Fleur. Now get that <laughs> out. He answers breasts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the hair flying around. Oh, yeah. With Everywhere. The, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the skirted egg hairdo. <laughs> that was hard. That, yeah, that, that was... I mean, I I miss those days, the the helmetless days, the, when the I guys know. just fly around the ice. What athlete in Canada in another Canadian city ruled a city more than he would have? I get Gretzky, obviously. Yeah, but but he had to share yeah. with Mess and yeah. Curry. Yeah, it's different with with Guy Lafleur because it's just yeah. the back's a whole new. There's just a difference when you're a, a Montreal Canadian. He wasn't sharing with Steve Shutt. No, no chance. Remember, remember that classic <laughs> SCTV skit with John Candy and, and Joe Flaherty pretending to be Guy Lafleur and Daryl Sittler? <laughs> I haven't. It was like Weedabix or something like that. <laughs> and they just end up start fighting like the whole time they want to kill each other. <laughs> Daryl, I was going to say Daryl Sittler. I guess in some ways, like in yeah, his like, heyday. Hey, Key, hey, Key you, want some, you want some Pepsi? Hit some with and then they start pulling their shirt jerseys over their head oh, Sittler. uh jeremy we have to touch upon uh david bowie yeah. passing away this week uh your thoughts on the passing of a legend yeah it was uh it's been a crazy week uh with him and lemmy and then the, the alan rickman alan as well rickman. Yeah. it's been a, a rough week for cancer people man it's horrible and then just david bowie i, I just kind of been saying he's just one of those guys who carried himself with with more class than most you know what i mean there, there wasn't much said about him negative you know he he was always classy always was always made great records and did his his own way and just uh always something interesting you know what i mean 
Yeah, hard to not like David Bowie. And Jeremy, even as banged up as he got in the seventies, you never heard anyone say like, "Oh, he treated me bad," or he did that. Like you're right. Like everyone has nothing but glowing things to say about working with the guy. Iggy Pop, like basically say, you know, he he saved my life, both literally saved my life, and then you know resurrected my career. And there were so many guys like that, Lou Reed and Iggy Pop, and. Uh, Mark Bolin, like guys who who were kind of on the fringes maybe or who had peaked and he kind of brought him back into the spotlight because he just was a fan of music. Yeah, he was kind of like the ultimate uh, artist because he was not just a a great musician and songwriter, but he was really tuned into the performance and the understanding of stage and what, you know, people dug in terms of uh, bringing another aspect to the music, you know what I mean? Almost like what the ideas of videos have done, but for live shows, kind of like how he, you know, how Peter Gabriel was with Genesis, like all the, the weird stuff that you do on stage. He kind of started that as well. And he was so involved with the art direction and he was a mime previously. So he just had amazing amounts of, uh, experience in all these different fields. And that makes sense that, that he was able to, not just resurrect careers, but find musicians that would kind of uh, create something different, you know, because he would always have these young, amazing musicians that no one had ever heard of on records as well. He was really good at that, too. So just in the fact that all these people that worked with him and came in and out of, of his life always said the same thing, just a class act and just a great, a great person to work for. Yeah, Ricky Gervais uh, posted the video that uh, him and Bowie did a song on extras, and uh, oh, it's yeah. just classic. Call the, the, the little fat man. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about that, uh, he talked about how he, uh, he asked him to do it. Uh, Ricky Gervais asked Bowie to do that, and he said, uh, <laughs> so Bowie said, okay. He said, could you make it, you know, a little bit like Life on Mars? And Bowie's like, oh, yeah, I'll just... Just throw together Life on Mars for you in five minutes. No yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, I'll toss that together for you. And uh, you... That's why it gives it to him even more, probably. Oh, yeah, totally. And should we touch upon Lemmy? Because we forgot to talk to Jim about that as well. Yeah, that was that didn't was we? crazy. I mean, I'm sure you did guys... we discuss Lemmy last week. Uh, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. didn't. No, no. Ah, I don't yeah. think you did. But you, you, you. Uh... I don't know, I'm sure. I, I saw him down at the Rainbow. Oh, playing. yeah, I yeah. used oh, to yeah. see him there all the time. As a matter of fact, uh, I was uh, had a short celebration with him uh, on his last birthday at the Rainbow. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah, yeah. He was he always was, there. He was always there. Yeah, he was there every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he lived literally a rock star down life his entire oh, time, yeah. right? He was yeah. down the street, and... Uh, and it was downhill, so he didn't... So when he was too banged <laughs> up, it was right. easy to get there. Yeah, and the, right. uh, they had a great tribute, um, like, for him while he was still alive. That's uh, right. Like that a big, week, huge birthday party. Yeah, right? a week before he died. Uh, at um, the whiskey, it was really something, and everybody came out and played at it. It was really cool. Now, Jeremy, you tweeted about Lemmy a lot, the way he lived. Like you said, he lived like a rock star. Yeah, for sure. And more like a, what the idea of a real rebellious rock star type thing, more almost like a, the way you think a biker would look at life, you know, mm. just the whole live fast and die hard kind of idea. And even himself, he was saying that... Uh, you know, the the past decade or so, he was, he was just paying for that lifestyle, you know, and, and it's yeah. the way it is, and he accepted that, you know. They had, a, cool. they had a rehearsal studio across from Sound City, like in the same complex that Sound City was at, just, uh, it's kind of like this big giant open parking lot in the middle, and uh, these buildings created a big semicircle in this industrial complex. And right across from Sound City was Motorhead's rehearsal studio. And it looked more like an outlaw biker hangar than it did a <laughs> totally. rehearsal studio. Up in the valley in yeah, Van Nuys. Yeah, right? in Van Nuys. Yeah, really, really cool. I mm-hmm. used to go see him over there when I was working at Sound City, and I'd stop over and say hi. The other thing about that's so shocking about uh, him and Bowie is that, it, I mean, I you guys probably knew better than I did, Jim, that he was sick. But it, the general public didn't know too much no, about that. No, yeah. Uh, and and then yeah. Bowie was just like out of nowhere. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. 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 Bowie so, was a real kind of out of nowhere because he was 
I thought he was going to be doing like a Black Star tour, and you know, yeah. uh, he was going to to get more into some, some more material. He was doing all these photo shoots, and he just looked. He looked great, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was shocked. I had no idea about him. Uh, and uh, to add something here, this is very interesting. Uh, we were talking about Bowie here at Fox the other day, and I'm not sure if you guys know Brock, uh, one of the um, engineering guys, one of the maintenance guys, the, the big heavyset guy. Uh, he actually worked on... That Bing Crosby Christmas what? special, really? and oh, he right. was the boom operator what? for that performance <laughs> with him, with Bowie and Bing Crosby. No. How amazing is that? That is Holding crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The boom. Crushed by the dark. Yeah. So what did he say? Yeah, about that? he said he was uh, what was it? The uh, other he was the crane crane operator for that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. And he said that. Uh, Bowie was incredibly late. Like, they almost didn't shoot it. They, you yeah. know, there was all these other guests. It was a big Christmas special right. Bing Crosby yeah, was right. doing. And uh, they were like, no, no, he's coming, he's coming. <laughs> and, you know, Bing Crosby was like, well, 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 well who's this guy? Uh, <laughs> got and, uh, you know, they, and they're like, no, 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 he'll be here. And he walked in, and they ta- and that was it. And they crushed it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's wild. How cool is that? That is very cool. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't uh, seen Bad that. Bad week, boys. Rough week. Yeah. 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 But uh, here's we'll the thing. Back. Here's the thing. When you, you pass away, like, late 60s, early 70s, and you lived hard before, as my brother Vince says, if you smoke and drink and stuff, you're just taking out the bad years anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I like so, that attitude. So yeah. light, up, light up, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting rid That's of the, the message. Bad years. <laughs> That's the message. So if I move on to X, that that'll be You're okay. Fine. God, MDMA all through Coachella. You, you and I, okay. uh, you and I'll be engineer Jim just out in the middle of the field rubbing his nipples with me. Jack baby. Jeremy, you gotta come to Coachella, man. Yeah, Jeremy, oh, I'm no going. Way. Jeremy, I'm that'll going. Be a party, and huh? I'm gonna go. And Toolsy's gonna go to both weekends. Really? And we're going to shoot a podcast while driving to Coachella. I w- well, I might have to get in on, in on that. If yeah. You get the VIP parking and all that and all that, let's do it. <laughs> I love it. You heard it here. If you say it on the podcast, it's law. Sunday, Sunday. I don't want to be hanging out with all the hipsters getting uh, the problems with the beards and messing, seeing Sean Lennon messing. I don't want to be that. Sean Lennon. <laughs> Jer- Jeremy, you and I front of the stage for Calvin Harris. Oh, for Calvin Harris, God. you and I. Sean Lennon. <laughs> If we see Sean Lennon there, we'll just walk up and punch him in the face for you. I did last time, and he's just like sitting there with flowers in his face. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Last, last time what? you were at Coachella, you saw Sean yeah. Lennon? Yeah. Yeah, why well, was it? I was there the year The Cure and the Pixies got together. Got like back together, yeah. Eight years ago. It was great shows and everything, but. Seeing him was a bit of a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeremy, we thank you for coming on as always, buddy. Love you, buddy. Thanks, boys. Have a good night. You too. That's Canadian rock legend Jeremy Taggart. You can catch his uh, his podcast. Uh, You can also follow him on Twitter at Taggart7. At yeah. Taggart Seven, the Taggart Uh, and Torrens podcast. uh, I don't think we have time to touch our bag because we gotta. Yeah, we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap, gotta it, wrap up. it up. What a great, uh, great podcast! Finally got Sean on, and next Merriman week we're gonna have uh, Jim Jackson, one of our favorite analysts. He's our NBA analyst, and uh, he played a lot in the NBA for a lot of teams. So we'll get his take on uh, his life. Uh, he told us a story the other night that he used to have to fly a commercial with the team like well, when he first got when into he the NBA. St- got into the NBA, yeah. they were still flying commercial. So uh, at Ben Teller, Ben, thank you very much. At Nickelhouse. At Pat Muldowney. Yeah. I made it. He made it on time. At Engineer underscore Jim. Yeah. At Sean Merriman, as Dan pointed out, Sean with an E. Hashtag at, nut. At, <laughs> at Jay and Dan. Still doing wow. Time. And if you're keeping Still track, trying. for 2016, full attendance, two for two. two Everything's for two. coming up. Jay and Dan. Looks like Muldowney's really turned over a new leaf. Finally. We didn't like the old leaf. Neither did I. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. So long, my time here is up. They're going home. 
Elvis has just left the building. Wow! 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 We want you to enjoy the show. Delicious. Wow! 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 Ugh. Wow! 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 Ugh. Wow! 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 Ugh. Wow! 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 Ugh. Hi, this is Lisa Ann. This is the end of the podcast, so all you can get out of here.